When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. I'm very excited for today's episode because we're doing something a little bit different, bringing on one of my library friends to come on and talk upcoming romance books, um, which is always fun. So B, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. I have been a fan of the show for a while and following you on your TikTok account as well, which is a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk about romance books that are coming out either later this year or early next year. Yeah, we've been, I think, mutuals on social for a while, and mm-hmm. I don't really remember how that happened, but it worked yeah. out. Worked out for everybody. So absolutely, we have a. I know I have a fun time on the internet, so good times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, I guess first, before we get into the books, can you tell me and our listeners a little bit about um, sort of your work in libraries, how you first got into working in libraries, and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. So I've had kind of a interesting career trajectory, I guess, as an elder millennial. <laughs> um, I I went to school to be a history professor, but that didn't end up working out for me. So I do have my master's in modern European history. Um, and when I finished up that program, it was right at the like 2008, 2009 kind of recession and there wasn't a lot of jobs to be had and I took a break from academia and I worked at a bakery (laughs) for minimum wage for a while amongst many other careers. I think the one year I had four or five W-2s to report was wild and then um, I finally I got a pretty steady mostly full-time job at the Harley-Davidson Museum in Milwaukee so I worked there selling um, group tours and tickets And while I was working there, I just offhandedly put in an application when the city of Milwaukee was looking for reference assistance because I don't have an MLS degree. I couldn't apply for like a actual librarian um, job, but the city of Milwaukee hires paraprofessionals. So I was like, why not? I'll go ahead and apply. And I sent that application. I took the civil service test and then I waited a year and I forgot that I had applied. And they contacted me, I think, in 2012. Yeah, 2012. So it'd been a year. And I was like, what did I apply for? Can you send me the job description again? And I got the job. And I took it because I was, I've always wanted to work in a library. I spent my entire, you know, college life living in mm-hmm. the library at school and working with the microfiche machines and all like stuff like that. And I've also done customer service. My, yeah. entire life so it kind of goes hand in hand and it's the piece that I think people don't think about as much 
when they're work, like applying to work in a library or going to library school, it's like you really have to genuinely enjoy people. You do. If you're going to work as a public librarian, because you meet all sorts of folks. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't work in libraries anymore. <laughs> it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> and then, you know, we get to do fun stuff. Yeah. Too, that isn't just, you know, helping with the copy machine. But I've been there for 10 years now. So when I started, um, I was immediately at a branch that was getting shut down and torn down to create, build a new branch. So that was really exciting. A lot of weeding, which is when we mm. go through the collection and get rid of things that we couldn't keep because they put us in this like 2000 square foot old laundromat for two years <laughs> while we were waiting for our new branch to be built. So it was like working in a little night little tiny micro library <laughs> for a couple of years. And I wanted to share during that time, the only program that I could do as a library worker was teaching people how to use overdrive. <laughs> so, See? Mm -hmm. And that was back when it was a little more difficult to sideload your eBooks onto your e-reader. And I would sit with people for like an hour, hour and a half and yeah. help them get going. <laughs> Yeah, we've come a long way. Such a long way, yes. I was having that conversation with somebody talking about, um, like what over, like what the overdrive experience was like when we first started. And I mean, this that was before I joined the company, but um, I was a, a user, and yeah, you, you, it was a whole thing. You it was like a developed Adobe, and you needed to actually like plug in. Like connect mm -hmm. your device to your computer mm -hmm. to manually like move a document from <laughs> one folder to another. Yep. Um, and I did it great. and I loved it, but it was great because that's what you had at the time. Yeah. Yep. I didn't have to physically go to the library, but the fact that now it's like 2 a.m. in the morning and I just like open my click, app and click, click, book. It's a very <laughs> different experience. Yes. We've come a very long way. A very long way. And it's been exciting, you know, just as like a staffer learning all the changes in the apps. And I am still dedicated to my like e-reader that, you know, is like a glorified calculator because yeah. it's, it, <laughs> Is better for my eyes um my, and I get tired of being on my phone and my computer so I I still appreciate that we can zip them over to my e-reader but so much easier and it it's like a five minute discussion with somebody at the reference desk instead of an hour and a half sit down <laughs> so yeah. you guys are doing awesome <laughs> and it's great and also a great way for people to read romance especially our shy readers out there that's very true that is very true um so I think that yeah so you I know are are actively involved in all the fun mm -hmm. romance landia stuff on Twitter mm -hmm. um how did like how did your love affair with romance books start so I would like I think like I've always been in, like interested in romance as a genre so from little on you know I grew up watching you know Disney movies and Star Wars and Han Solo and Princess Leia and it was always like I was always looking for like that couple or that love interest to kind of have a crush on you know and I always loved that and then my mom and her sisters and my aunts and my grandma were all romance readers and they would pass around like paper grocery bags full of like mm. paperbacks and I'd be like what you got what you got in there and they're like don't worry about it 
but the covers were so beautiful um I, I was just very attracted to the dresses and the the clinch and the fancy font and the, a lot of them were like gilt and had the step back and they're like, so they're so pretty they're mm-hmm. so pretty yes and I still have a nice little collection of ones that I stole from my mother she actually finally knows we never really talked about it until recently because that as part of my romance journey it was very much a private Mm -hmm. thing that I didn't talk about so it was like yes I like Star Wars but it wasn't I didn't talk about the fact that I liked it because of the smooching parts right and and then as I got older I was like I'm always looking for smooching in the media that I'm consuming but it's often very hard to find or it's just a middle middle part of it and then you know I just started I was mostly like a horror mystery reader when I was like a impressionable like tween teen except for the secret ones that I hid and stole because I was embarrassed and you know at the library it was like they saw what you were checking out at that point so I was a little too shy to like go to the spinners and actually check them out on my card because they didn't want the library to judge me and let me tell you that's not a thing we really don't care nobody cares nobody cares and it's too busy we're just checking you out on your way whatever it is and trust me you've never checked out anything more embarrassing than somebody else so that's probably true I, I think when I did work in libraries and, and circulation, the only times I would notice is if it was a book I had read and enjoyed and would just like mm-hmm. talk to the person about how much I liked yep. the book. But nobody's judging you on what you're checking out. No, but, we just want you to check stuff out yeah. and we're happy you're taking it with you. So, correct. And there's self check now. So, well, yeah. And yeah. you can also do that if you still are shy, which is fine. That's, um, that's totally fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I read like David Eddings, which was like an epic fantasy series, Stephen King, and then secretly like Bertrice Small, which is bananas romance and maybe not romance at all. I don't know. Those were wild. Um, <laughs> but then um, I want to say I started publicly talking about it like online and with, you know, people um, after I started working at the library. So about 10 years ago. I just, I got brave. I'm older. You know, I don't care anymore what people see me read. Whatever makes me happy is what's important. And um, I started my first like small duty when I started my job was ordering the mass markets for my branch. So they gave me a budget, I think of like $200. (laughs) I mean, you know what? You can buy a lot of mass markets though for $200. Yes, exactly. So I think it was like $100 to $200, like every couple months. And I would get to, they'd send us a list and I'd get to go through and like pick out the ones and, you know, like I did the cozy mysteries too. So I was like, oh, I like that pun and that author sounds fun. And so I was like, oh, I'm ordering them. I should probably like read a couple of them to see. Cause you know, I wanted to make sure I was making good decisions. And I started reading um, Jill Shelvis and Sarah McLean because mm-hmm. the covers pulled me in and it was great. And I was like, oh, I love these so much. And then, um, I was just like, whatever, I'm going to start talking about it. And then my um, dad got sick with cancer like five or six years ago. And like, I went from reading all over the place to like 90% romance. Cause I was just having a hard time 
raising kids. My dad was really sick and ended up passing away. And it was something my mom and I had in common so we could share some stuff and brought us together. And then I actually started a bookstagram right around that time mm-hmm. as like something fun to do and keep my mind like on something that was of interest to me, but wasn't reminding me of all other stuff I had going on. And I actually applied to be an Avon romance influencer <laughs> and it was great. I got picked and they started sending me like boxes of books in the mail and I, w- I was hooked and I started yelling about things online and now here we are. So <laughs> <laughs> now here we are. I will say Avon publishes some of my favorite romance books. They're so great. Every single one is so good. I mean, mm-hmm. across, you know, publishers yes. and imprints, but I, mm-hmm. I love, I love Avon books. So love them so much. And they, they had a great program and they really knew how to hook you and their covers and art department do an awesome job. And then, um, library journal I actually got a gig um writing romance reviews for them which is a whole different experience than reviewing them for my own platforms because it's a very specific way of writing a review so we focus it's generally positive the intent is to quick explain the plot and then to give a verdict about why or why not a librarian would want to purchase this for their collection. So it's not a personal review for me. It's a review where I'm like, here's the readers. I think the audience this book is looking for would fit. And it's a really good exercise in a very short format. So I've gotten good at like being brief and concise (laughs) and like reader's advisory type review versus like, I loved it for me because of all of these things. So yeah, it's fun. That's true. I guess I, I mean, I guess I'm like aware that when it comes to sort of a bookstagram, you're trying to convince readers to read the book, but mm-hmm. with something like library journal review, it's to get librarians to buy the book. Yeah. Those would be very different yeah, and, audiences. And clearly like as staff, we can't read all the things. Sure. There's no way. And we all have our own preferences and, you know, we are not sitting around reading books. So like my library journal books I read those on my my time at home or I do a lot of audiobooks you know I write the reviews on work time but the reading part is all right. on me I don't get paid for that you know I do it because I enjoy it and I can write the reviews at work um and it's great and I was actually one of their reviewers of 2022 so that was exciting I was really proud of that because it's an art form and the people who do those kind of things, it's important because it'll, if somebody is asking you a breeder's advisory question and you haven't read in that genre or know anything at all, like that's the tools we have to use to kind of help without being an expert. Absolutely. Yeah. Good times. That is good times. Well, I think that's a perfect segue to, um, you know, if you, since you are one of library journals, you know, reviewers of 2022, mm-hmm. let's hear about what books are coming up that you're super excited about. I have no idea listeners what <laughs> B is going to be talking about. So we're going to find out together, but I'm, I'm super excited and very much trust everything that she's about to tell us. So. Awesome. So with the caveat, I did not include content notes for these because I don't think we have time. So if they're of a concern, please do check those out on Goodreads or a lot of authors now are putting them in the work themselves, which I appreciate. 
Agreed. I love that more writers are doing that with the, especially mm-hmm. romance. I feel especially like romance, romance. Mm-hmm. is doing it a lot more than other genres. So absolutely. It's like, you know, there's that happily ever after, but I'm not here to be surprised and in a bad way, you know, like right. I'm not here for like some things going to like shock me and upset me. So I appreciate knowing and I'm on the journey and it's a really good time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to selfishly plug one that is already out, but I think it isn't getting I want everyone to read it because I want her to get more books out there so this is a debut from this year and it was recently released um it's called Bend Towards the Sun by Jen Devin and um it's about two people who went through a lot of personal traumas and they come together on this vineyard she's a botanist and very lonely and has no real family and he is a OBGYN who went through a really traumatic experience losing a patient that he did not think he was going to lose and now he's working on his family's vineyard to try to get that going because they just bought it and if you like Nora Roberts is kind of my closest comparison for this one and then mixed with Kate Claiborne's very poetic prose it's like so angsty it's gonna rip your heart out of your chest but then take you on a really really romantic story and I just appreciate this there's a lot of like rom-coms and that's not really what I tend to swerve towards so this is more my sort of contemporary romance that has like that found family and emotion and might make you have a little tear but it's so good and it's her debut and I wish there was like a hundred more of her books for me to jump into but we gotta buy this one so or check it out so everyone will know (laughs) all right okay and then I'm always excited when indie authors that publish a lot of ebooks finally get their like trade paperback where I can buy it and get it in the collection. So Emma Berry is a fave of mine and she is coming out with a book called Chick Magnet in January. And it's about a hot vet who's very grumpy and his veterinary business is struggling due to COVID and he's just having a hard time. And then his new neighbor is this chicken influencer. <laughs> wait, it's like backyard chickens. <laughs> You did say chicken influencer. Okay. Just making sure I understood correctly. Yes. Chicken influencer. So she, you know, has her fancy chickens and raises them in her yard. And it's annoying to him because she does silly influencer type things with the chickens, but you know, they're, the sparks are going to fly and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) And I'm just really excited for that one because the premise is cute and come on well, <laughs> like the marketing is going to be yeah. Mwah. oh yeah the title is so good at first I was like what kind of title is this and I'm like oh chick magnet, chick magnet. I get it chicken <laughs> and like you had me at grumpy vet as well because mm-hmm. like, okay, you cool. know you know he's gonna be secretly soft because he's a yeah. vet and he's gonna cuddle those animals and oh yeah very good good stuff so good <laughs> and I do love a neighbor's romance because mm. it's kind of that forced proximity and they can't get away from each other and I'm like yeah let's see what happens <laughs> all right um I'm gonna jump to this one okay so I have all my notes here in front of me going through them so um I actually listened to these stories already they came out from Berkeley as um audio 
first. And so they're novellas and they're by my friend Denise Williams. And she is just an exceptional author writing like super cute and great um, contemporaries. So if you like the audio, you can get them now, but they're combining them into a paperback for spring. And I'm excited to have it on my shelf because I really love the cover. And the premise of these novellas is that they're all connected through an airport. So all the characters come through the same airport. And so one of them is a pet groomer that grooms pets while people are waiting for their flight. And another one, they're selling chocolates and candy. And like, there's a businessman that is flying all the time. And, you know, I like to travel and this is the type of book that gives me that fix even when I can't go. And they're all like steamy and like perfectly plotted paced novellas. So they're all short and would be a good one to even read on a plane because you can probably finish one or two of the stories before you land. And they're just a lot of fun. That sounds really cute. I Mm -hmm. love the idea of just like airport stories Mm -hmm. and like plane stories and Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, I love an airport and so does um, the author from what I noticed when she was writing these online she did do some like research by going and sitting in the airport lounge and eating a lot of Biscoff cookies and (laughs) you know all the things like (laughs) now I'm sort of wondering about the logistics of that like would she have to like buy a ticket to like get into the airport but then Mm -hmm. it's probably like a write-off for her because she's like it's Mm -hmm. research Exactly. I know if you're going to visit somebody, you're going to a conference or whatever, yeah. you know, and like okay. we all have our airport routines. I have mine. So it was like really fun to see how that went into like a romance. So yeah. Yeah. There's something about airports. Mm-hmm. I, I do like an airport, They're just mm-hmm. like hanging out in the airport. I don't mind exactly. getting to, I don't like, I tend to get there early because mm-hmm. anxiety, but also yep. sitting in the airport. It's not terrible. People watching, People there's watching. all sorts of stuff going on, eating yeah. my airport pizza and my very overpriced glass of wine and having the best time. So good. <laughs> Usually some like Auntie Anne's pretzels in there. Like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So definitely um, get on that. And like, what I also like is I think they're all um, cishet couples, but it's also casually queer and that like one of the heroines is definitely bisexual and it, it's just... I love her. So good stuff. Okay. Um, let's do a historical. I try to make it varied for everybody. So um, the next one is called Anna Maria and the Fox. And it's by the author Liana de la Rosa. And I have read a bunch of her historicals before. And this is her trade debut. And I really think this is the one that's going to like launch her in superstardom. And then if you like it, you're going to be able to read some of her other stuff that she already has out, which I love. Um, and this one, the cover is just gorgeous. I wish you could all see it, but it's a beautiful illustrated couple that's clinching, they're dancing. It's set in the Victorian season, Victorian era um, in the UK, and a Mexican heiress has had to flee Mexico because the French have occupied Mexico during this time. So she need, and her sisters need to get out to be safe. And then she comes into contact with a um parliamentary member named Mr. Fox and he is a person of color and he's brought himself up from the gutter to be fighting to abolish the slave trade in parliament and he's very starchy and like he has important work to do and he doesn't have time to be beguiled by this heiress who is going to throw his world into a little bit of a spin I think (laughs) which is my favorite type 
a historical moment. So agreed. I love it. They're like, no, I don't have time for you. I'm too busy and important for Mm-mm. women folk. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh, oh like, I see. You okay. have some, you have some news coming to you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it's like who wants to tell him who wants to tell him what's gonna happen (laughs) you are lying to yourself (laughs) oh good times oh my gosh I love romance so much makes me so happy (laughs) um let's see I'm sticking on the historical line um I am I just heard about this one actually and it's called The Secret Lives of Country Gentlemen and it's by KJ Charles who again I've read a lot of their novellas and older things and this will be a trade debut I believe and it's being sold as Bridgerton meets Poldark in a sweeping queer Regency romance um so it's about um <laughs> KJ doesn't really sugarcoat historical reality but you know she's going to give you that happily ever after even if it's difficult to get there and I believe it's like a crumbling manor with the heir who is now in charge of like a den of thieves and meeting one of the thieves and it's a cross class romance and I'm just excited I'm sure it's going to be very begated crimes so <laughs> I mean you had me at crumbling mansion type situation mm-hmm. happening yes and it's set in the regency so I'm sure like the clothes will be exquisite and <sighs> <sighs> yes perfect 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 yes to all of the above mm-hmm mm-hmm Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. All right. And then... Let's go to, I'm jumping around on my list here because I'm slightly chaotic. That's <laughs> okay. We'd um, love to see it. Yep. Okay. So Jackie Lau, she writes really awesome contemporary romances that often feature like food in a very fun and delicious way. Um, she is having the follow-up to her book, Don't Donut Fall in Love, come out in the spring. Or no, actually, at the end of this month. I'm sorry, it's coming out soon. So end of October, and um, 
it's featuring a couple that was in the previous book and they hated each other. So they're friends of the love interest from Don't Fall in Love. And this one's the stand-up groomsman. So he's the best man. She's the maid of honor. Now they have to work together on this wedding for their friends and they don't want to make their friends upset. So they're trying to get along. Um, he is a stand-up comedian and some of his humor has rubbed her the wrong way. And she thought she liked him as a comedian, but then she met him in real person and he said some pretty disparaging things about her career. And oh, I'm just, I love when like they're kind of set up in the previous one and then we get to see how I'm like, this is never going to work out, but it will, but it will. <laughs> that's, and then it's so good. Yeah. I was going to say that's one of my favorite things about romance that the genre does that a lot of other ones don't or really can't mm-hmm. is the like setup mm-hmm. of couples uh, or even just mm-hmm. characters and you're just like waiting for them and like you're like where's their book I want their book I need it now the sequel bait is killing me <laughs> and I also want to note for this one um the hero is fat and I'm nice. very mm-hmm. we need more body diversity in romance is I think we're getting better with you know cis women being showcased with body diversity heroes still like yeah it's always he's huge he's so tall he's six foot four everything is big and not big and like only big in a muscle way and not you know just big and I'm right. just glad to see this because it's that's what we need there people, everyone deserves a happily ever after and I don't care what your body looks like <laughs> like it's, just, it's great agreed agreed mm-hmm. yeah the whole like he's tall and she's little and small. like that yeah and, and I am not like, a small mm, <laughs> and like, I'm not a small either yeah yes. it's like come on now and you know yeah. my my husband is like an inch taller than me so like it's just nice to see sometimes like different things so I appreciate Agreed. that um and Jackie always does such a great job with that sort of thing so check that one out um, and I want to continue on the sequel bait theme here. So I have been desperate for this book. So January, we got wait January, but it's called The Duke Gets Even by Joanna Shoup. So this is book four in her series. And she's been teasing Nellie and this Duke across all of the books. They do not like each other because something happened and we don't know what happened to make them mad each other and I'm like but I know it's gonna be fiery and I was able to get a little sneaky peek at the first chapter because they finally put it up and I was like oh (laughs) so it starts with like their first meeting before they hate each other and you're like wow that is like a sexy beach mermaid fantasy at night set on in Newport you know America and it's gilded age times so she just if you like the show what is that show called? On I think it was called the Gilded Age. Gilded Age, yeah. I think that's what it was called. I don't remember. But yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy that but want more smooching and sexy times, like this is what you need to read. And you have time. So get the first three and read those first because this one will pay off if you go on the journey. And I love that. It's always my favorite time. Yeah, so. you need you need that build up. That's mm-hmm. like that. I think it's part of what makes the sequel bait so much fun is mm-hmm. having that build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can read it independently and it'll be fine. And that's also, 
that's also a very specific to romance thing I feel yes. where you can jump mm-hmm. into the series basically at any point and the mark of a truly magnificent romance out there is you will be fine even if you haven't read the other ones and she does this well but you want that extra like 10th percent of like oh read them all you do yes and they'll you'll sure. fly through them fly through them <laughs> um she actually just sent me an arc so oh. I'm gonna get a little early peek so that makes me happy <laughs> all right and um let's see da, da, da. so um I have been struggling as a library person to um find like comps for uh, Colleen Hoover who I don't really read myself because I feel like she would destroy my feelings (laughs) so right now yeah that's that seems to be my takeaway about Mm -hmm. Colleen Hoover I'm like you would destroy me and I I don't know if I need that right now in my life Mm -hmm. like good good for people who want that I don't know if I'm ready so it's you know like she's a hard one to comp right however that said I think the this book um is called before I let go by Kennedy Bryan, which is coming out in November. Um, it's a comp that I feel like will give you all of that feelings destroying while also smoothly putting you up towards that happily ever after. Cause I know Kennedy does that so well. She writes about really hard topics, but always makes them so romantic and worth the ride. Um, this one is about a married couple. So it's a marriage in trouble, which I am a diehard fan of because it's so hard to pull off well (laughs) um so this this couple is already married and you know they're going through I think counseling like marriage counseling and they're on the brink of divorce so are they going to get divorced or can they work through and like fall in love again and like I just know it's gonna make me weep but it's gonna be so good and Colleen Hoover actually blurbed this one so I think um, people should have it on their radar. I mean, that's a good comp if it's, you know, blurbed mm-hmm. by Colleen Uber. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. 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 Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Let's see. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people have read the book, The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's more of a kind of paranormal it's kind of genre defined subgenre defined it is a romance um and it's paranormal magical fantasy set in a very familiar united states um and what i liked uh, i liked that one a lot and again this is one i'm like what are people who love that going to be looking for next and i think this one that's coming out in march of 23 which is called bitter medicine by mia Sai, T-S-A-I, um, it's going to give those same feelings. So it's a contemporary fantasy. There's a Chinese immoral and a French elf that are trying to balance their romance, familial loyalty, and workplace demands. So they are like co-workers in this fantasy world, and she is descended from um, the gods of Chinese medicine, and he is an elf, and they have to use their magic to work together and end up falling in love. So I think it's going to be given those heart and mercy vibes for those who are looking for more, because it's a interesting subgenre like amalgamation. So I'm excited to read more in that vein. Yeah, for sure. And just the idea of like fantasy coworkers too. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. they would have jobs, wouldn't they? And 
mm-hmm. and coworkers. So it's like workplace romance, but fantasy. A fantasy and like a slightly familiar world, but right. a more magical one. Right. And it's great. And like, I love fantasy series, but for me, they're often the most slow burn eight books, 800 pages a book. And like, I can't do more that I can't. I just can't right now. Like my brain is like, I just need like an arc that completes at the end of this book, especially with the romance plot. And I think this will satisfy fantasy readers that like a dense world building, mm-hmm. but also aren't looking to get into like a huge series that you're going to have to wait 10 to 15 years to finish. Yeah. <laughs> what what are you talking about there are no fantasy series like that <laughs> still george R. R. martin <laughs> i didn't quite literally talk about that on the episode that went up today that we're recording <laughs> we're i love that. it yeah Fingering. <laughs> yep. not at all not at all a thing in fantasy mm-hmm. never very short and concise books always all the time always all the time <laughs> so yeah definitely check that one out okay and then um, speaking of like kind of bonkers contemporary set romances, I just finished an advanced copy of Midnight Duets by Jen Comfort, and she wrote one of my favorites of this past year, which is The Astronaut and the Star. Um, so again, I'm always looking for these contemporary romances that are a little more campy and a little less serious. Like they deal with serious topics, but they they're not rom-coms, but I don't know, it's hard to describe. So like you're gonna laugh, but it's not like trying so hard to make you think this is a comedy because there's still like angst going on so this is the phantom of the opera meets like eurovision metal that i didn't know i needed in my life (laughs) so the heroine was a former like broadway opera diva who gets hit with a like falling set piece and she was not a nice person so it was kind of like well karma got you like you were mean and you did bad things and now she has a big scar she lost her career and then she bought this crumbling theater in Nevada and is broke and trying to make it work and she um ends up getting this glam metal band from Germany to like book a stay at her theater because it's a, it's supposedly haunted and they're trying to write this album, like a follow-up that, you know, they really need to work on. And they want the ambiance of like a crumbling theater, even if Osha would just like not be okay with it. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've got permits. It's fine. Because she just really needs their money. And they they seem not very, like she kind of takes advantage a little bit. <laughs> and it's like, yes, yes, yes. It's clearly like a lot of money to rent this beautiful place. <laughs> Um, and of course, the lead singer is this, like, I want to say, like, David Bowie meets, you know, like, Andrew W.K., like, the hair and the tight, shiny vinyl pants and the chest open, button-up silky shirts and, like, eyeliner, like. I love as you're describing this. I'm, like, biting my lip, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh-huh. I'm with you. Yeah, um, yeah like, David Bowie's Labyrinth style, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and you're like, yep. yes, yes, yes. please. Mm-hmm. And so he looks like super like, and he's like, I've got this aura of being like a, a rock star, but he's secretly like anxious and like very concerned about getting this album out. And he wants his bandmates to like get in line and like, we got to do this on a time schedule, business, business. <laughs> and it's like, oh, sir, I like, I connect with you on that 
so much and so he's just really trying so hard and everybody's kind of like defying him and making him lose his mind a little bit and he ends he's just like super in lust with the heroine Erica like right away but he's like no business gotta do my album I can't be distracted and everybody thinks he's still dating his co-lead singer and she didn't come with because she's like has left him and it's like so it's just super campy and like fun and it's like one of the more different like settings I've read in a while and it's just I just love that author so much and this is her second book so I'm like more please whenever Um, you get to it (laughs) that sounds delightful Mm -hmm. that sounds delightful something wild and wonderful by Anita Kelly and this one is going to be a more quiet reflective romance that features two men who are independently hiking the Pacific um, Crest Trail Um, and they're both struggling with things so this is kind of their time to like reflect and be on the trail and hike but they keep running into each other on the trail because that's sometimes you just can't help it if you're doing the same thing like you're gonna end up running into each other Um, and I think people who really like that nature contemplative type style story will really like this. It's going to be very like emotional. The one especially is really struggling with his sexual identity and like a very strict religious upbringing that makes him feel shame and not okay. So he's on this quest to kind of like find himself. Um, Anita is just a delight and I'm so excited to see where their work continues to go. And I know this one's going to be smashing. So that one's out in March of 23. Excellent. Excellent. I'm all about queer romances. Yes. More of those, those, please. Yes, always. And if you, she has, or they have a book out already, um, which I really liked from last year and the title, I don't remember it right now. So sorry about that, but it's an Anita Kelly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, I have two more. So um cowboy romances aren't usually my thing but Rebecca Weatherspoon's cowboy series really made me like reconsider a lot of things so I was like yes so if you liked those um Sabrina Soul is coming out with a new series and the first one is Second Chance at Rancho Lindo and it's set in California in a small town um and we'll explore you know western themes but in a modern setting and it's with Latin cowboys and a botanist who comes to the ranch and you know he's like I'm only here for a little bit so don't fall in love with me (laughs) but also how can you not (laughs) so I love when these kind of classic um we're finally getting some like not just white cowboy romances because that's not historical and it's not accurate and I am really excited to see where this one goes and the cover is really delicious it's just a it's a very good one look it up you'll enjoy it <laughs> I will I'll check that out no I love I love romances where yeah they're like I'm only in town for a short period of time so nothing can happen you're like okay but Don't touch feelings for me it's like too late because you already had feelings for me <laughs> right yeah once you add that clock factor in and it's like counting down you're like oh my god are they gonna do it what's gonna happen are they gonna make it how are they gonna how are they gonna figure it out if they're like mm-hmm. into yeah it's my favorite 
And then that can turn into my favorite micro trope of we only have this arbitrary (laughs) amount of time. So we have to like make it worth it. But then at the end, clean break, no feelings, no mess, (laughs) no, no strings. And I'm like, (laughs) no, (laughs) like, oh, you sweet, sweet summer children. I I think, yeah, that's what's so fun about romance in general is just because you know how it's going to end. You just don't know how they're going to get there. And so you Mm -hmm. go in and when they set up these very, you know, they, they have their own whatever personal things they're working through and they're like no I'm never falling in love or I'm never I hate that person I will never like them you're like oh that's cute it's like you're so fun little evil laugh (laughs) (laughs) that's again that's the comfort of reading romance for me and I know so many other people and it just makes me happy makes me really happy so thanks romance authors from seriously everyone for getting us through and being there doing the real work yeah real work absolutely all right and then I guess that will lead to my last recommendation and this one is I called it I read it already I got an early copy because I'm obsessed with this author and this is probably going to be my favorite of next year just calling it now um but it's Georgie All Along by Kate Claiborne so I've been a huge huge fan for many years of her writing career and I think this one might have taken the top slot from my formerly favorite one which was um, a different book by her and it's called The Luck of the Draw which is also very good you should read that um but this one is about the heroine Georgie who was assistant to like a star and she's struggling to find like work that she wants to do and struggling with her identity she's always been the right hand person for this other person and is a yes people pleaser I will do that for you but at what cost to herself and she returns to her hometown and um, is staying with her parents and her best friend to kind of try to decide what her next step is. And she finds her notebook that she had as a teenager where she wrote with her best friend, like they called it um, the friend fic. So they would like write their ideal future lives for themselves. So she, and like, it's got like, if I had the time, I would do this. Or if I were braver, I would try this type of things and so she decides to maybe try doing some of the things that her younger self had always thought as an adult she would be able to do so like jumping off this dock into the lake you know staying up all night you know nothing too wild but you know fun and um she was convinced that she was gonna marry this boy she went to high school with well (laughs) um she actually encounters in a very like meat disaster way the brother of the boy that she thought she was going to marry and his name is Levi and he's got this amazing rescue dog a pit bull and it's the cutest dog and he is the biggest taciturn grump you've ever met in romance and he is just like who is this firecracker I I just can't handle this woman But also I cannot stay away from her and she is fascinating to me and they just, oh, it's so romantic. It's just one of the worst romantic stories I've ever read. And he, you know, clearly he doesn't really know all about the friend fic and what is in it because, you know, he's very different 
from his brother like his brother was the golden boy the child everyone like was like oh he's so good and Levi was a big troublemaker and got in a lot of trouble and actually did some stuff that landed him in pretty big trouble but he's turned it around and he's he's back into his hometown but he's alienated from his family and it's just so great to see you know the kind of vibrant one like drawing him out of his shell and being like you are worth it and people have it wrong about you and you are a great person and uh, I just love it that sounds so good Mm -hmm. and that one's out in January so so not that long no order it it'll be ready for you soon (laughs) no we I love Clay Hayborn she's been on the podcast before oh yay (laughs) um yes very I'm I'm excited for that one that sounds really good so Mm -hmm. I'll be sure to check it out well B, thank you so much for your awesome recommendation anytime <laughs> yeah um so if people any of our listeners want to find you on social media where can they do that if they want more of your fun romance yeah so text? I would say I'm most active on Twitter because it's a platform that makes the most sense to me <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a text like based Fair. person <laughs> um so you can find me at B and her books on Twitter and then once you're there I have one of those link tree things and you can find me other places too I use Goodreads too a lot I put all my like personal reviews on there and then um, I just need to plug our uh, my employer Milwaukee Public Library they um, our TikTok is taking off in a big big way Um, they just made me do one (laughs) which makes me laugh so you should check it out Um, I had a react to Sophie Jordan's um sexy anvil cover if you know you know (laughs) but um the team I was just um, the vessel for the team's like vision and um, my colleagues who are running our social media are just slaying it right now and get your public library card support your public libraries and it's a good way to get started and the comments on a lot of the videos are like you inspired me to get my card and I'm not afraid to read these books now because you guys are talking about them so I want to go follow and I'm already following so there you go yeah they just did a Stephen King birthday like TikTok where it it looks like a real movie trailer and it's the production value definitely check it out (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for coming on and for chatting with me this was super fun hopefully our listeners got a lot more books to add to their TBR Mm-hmm. I hope so too. And you know, you can always get them at the library too, or ask your library to purchase them. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor, 
So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.